Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Morning. This is Susan inside Yorkshire. Today I'm talking to Johnny Pavlik, who is the Managing Director of Mantra Media, based in Sheffield. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Susan. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be invited on, actually. Uh, um, I've been really looking forward to this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, um, I understand that you've been in business there for, well, Mantra Media in particular has been running for, is it five years now? Uh, five and a half years um, uh, at this point. Right. But you've, you have a lot of experience, haven't you? Having checked out your details, you've 18 years, I understand, of experience in online marketing, which is proving to be something that everyone wants to know more about at the moment. Yeah, and, and it's obviously incredibly um, pertinent for this point in time with, with what we're kind of facing as a, a global challenge. Um, I started out in online community building about 18, 18 19 years ago. Um, and at the time, it was considered very novel and strange and I used things like Bebo and MySpace to cultivate communities for brands and musicians and since then obviously it's um, it, it's gone everywhere it's been a huge it's expanded exponentially um, I think there's I always saw a, a benefit to using online it was the ability to communicate with people that otherwise you just wouldn't have had the opportunity to and I think now, uh, even though there are, are still some people who um, kind of scoff at digital, um, it's less and less, thankfully. I think particularly at the moment with the situation that we're all finding ourselves in, it's been quite challenging for people who are not au fait with, with, dig- with digital and with technology it's been a, quite a steep learning curve for a lot, a lot of people, some more so than others. But um, you, you were obviously already doing it, which must have helped tremendously. I think, I think it, it's definitely put us in a good stead with our business. We've got a certain amount of stability, uh, even with these challenges. Um, and, and that's because I think we've always been very forward thinking with, with how we operate. Um, obviously a lot of contingency planning needed to be put into place uh, when we could see what was happening uh, in in um, China and Italy. I, I think for us, uh, we've, we've always operated in a, a forecasting uh, mode. So back in 2007, um, we were talking about uh, Facebook and how businesses needed to use it because they're getting all this free visibility uh, with, you know, thousands of, of people who are you know potentially going to buy products. And then, you know, back in 2009, 2010, I think it was, then we were talking about LinkedIn and most businesses just, just refuse to change, refuse to um, develop and uh, move forward with digital until really, I think 2014, seemed to be a pivot point where people started to really realize that uh, digital and social media, particularly Facebook was something that was going to be useful 
I think it didn't really start to mature Facebook until after about 12 years. Um, uh, but now it's, 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 it's now oversaturated and we found, we find now that there are many other social media platforms that aren't as saturated, but, but they get to the point of saturation very quickly. Um, we can see that with things like Instagram and, um, uh, obviously TikTok, uh, which has now become incredibly, um, uh, popular over this period. Would, would you then say that TikTok is the way to go for businesses? Because I look at it and think it's a lot of entertainment, but, um, not maybe for someone trying to put a business message across. It, it depends on, on what you deliver, uh, you know, what your customer base looks like. Um, and it's also considering that thing of where will your business be in five years or 10 years or, or further along the line. If you have an infinite mindset, then you'll understand that all these platforms age up and they age up rather quickly. Facebook took about 10 years to age up before you saw that parents and grandparents were thinking, I uh, probably should see what my kids and my grandkids are up to. And then um, we found that Instagram took about three years, three to four years to really age up. And, and that process is still happening. So uh, a lot of pe older people are now using the platform and nearly every company has it for their marketing services, even though at the start, everybody was like, Oh, it's just young people. Um, and now you can see that again with TikTok, but TikTok is aging up faster than any other platform before it, because it's compounding this, this age up process. And, uh, I would say that anybody who's B2C needs to be on there really particularly, um, B2B is not really the place right now. B2B LinkedIn is really, um, the place to be uh, and we find that visibility is massively decreasing now on LinkedIn compared to where it was a year ago as again it's compounded because people have started to realize the utility of the tool um, but yeah I think for for kind of makeup brands fashion brands anything that's B2C food brands TikTok is definitely the place to be because you're going to get a lot of visibility and a lot of engagement for a much lower price point than you would be, say, on Instagram or Facebook. Yes, because I have noticed that um, having concentrated initially for the podcast on Facebook, that some people don't even, you know, the algorithm seems to really reduce your reach so unless you're paying and um a considerable amount of money to advertise on there you're not getting seen as much as um as you would like even people who are following you regularly don't always get the get the posts or are not not aware of what's been going on it's um it's a pay to play that's that's how facebook functions um and instagram it's um Back in 2015, uh, we found that um, the organic reach was down to about 10%. And it's reduce, reduced every year since then. So organic reach is, you know, it's about 5% at the moment. So, you know, for every 100 people you have on your page, you probably only get about five people that actually see your posts. Um, 
which is crazy when you think about it. If someone's choose to follow your page, you'd like to think that they're being given that content. Um, but unfortunately, Facebook is, you know, again, it's a business. Uh, it's their prerogative to maximize how they can um, uh, increase uh, their their financials uh, to their stakeholders. So completely get it. Um, but that's where, where we need to kind of look at the other um, where the other platforms are and what's most going to be most beneficial because to really have a fully engaged and active audience now on Facebook, you really need to be paying some serious money. So what would you recommend then? Because this current situation where a lot of businesses, particularly I see being based up in the Dales here, a lot of small businesses who are really struggling at present and want to put their information out online so that people are aware that they still exist, even if they're not able to actually interact with their usual customer base. It's important, I think, still to be heard out there, to be seen, to, you know, not to have to start all over again when we finally come out of lockdown. So what would you recommend as the as the best platform or the best platforms that people use? So it will always depend on your industry. It'll always depend on your products and services. And we have to segment audiences based on what's going to be most useful to, to somebody's business. Um, for some people, it can be very, very specific. Uh, for others, it's a bit broader. Um, and we need to have kind of a, a channel flow as well. So understanding what to touch points and how they need to look online for getting somebody from a point of first seeing your brand, uh, understanding what it's about, and then having a, a journey that breeds kind of social proofing and trust and all that kind of thing to get them to think, yes, I want to reach out and engage with this, this, um, this brand or this business. Uh, what we're finding at the moment is that Facebook PPC, PPC is pretty good. If you've got really defined audiences, um, LinkedIn PPC is incredibly good as well. I mean, generally PPC is good because it's, you know, you can be very defined of who you're reaching. Um, SEO we're finding is working quite a lot at the moment. Um, this time being, people seem to be um, spending more time to digest marketing messages. And if something is appropriate and, and relevant to that audience, they're really engaging with content. We're finding, for instance, our content is getting um, maybe 100% more engagement than it was before the lockdown. And it's because people have more time, um, especially newsletters as well. So this this period that we're in, and if we're you know we're looking at it for another uh, just over two months, which is how we see it see it playing out, it's a really good time to really build those solid foundations for your digital ecosystem. Make sure that your website feels and looks a particular way, professional, authentic, and engaging, and understanding that the journey with the customers. So whether it's LinkedIn or whether it's PPC or SEO, however that audience needs to be cultivated and filtered through to your homepage, that it's done in a way that makes sense and that it, it builds. So I think now what we're finding with a lot of our clients is they're able to have some really good, interesting uh, conversations with their prospects 
Um, and some are converting very quickly because they're spending that time now. They're undistracted to really understand what a business is about. Whereas before, it's something that could be kind of brushed off because they didn't have the time to really indulge in those messages. Yes, I'm sure it it has made a huge difference with the um, the time factor, certainly, that people are able to look. I know I've spent more time online and the people that I'm in contact with, actually, as you were saying, have time to engage with you much more so than previously. Also being forced to do things remotely, which some of us have thought thought about doing for quite some time but not got around to people that people are actually doing more online business definitely but there's there's also the the downside of all of that that you can be absolutely inundated with people trying to sell you webinars um online courses which yes it's good productive use of your time but I find that I'm maybe at some of the groups that I'm in or some of the um, engagement that I've had previously I'm finding that I'm saturated with people trying to sell me things. And personally, and I know that you're a very ethical business too, ethical and value-driven business. Personally, I find it a little bit offbeat, certainly with my, my ethics, to be trying to sell to people when they are really, some of them are really struggling at present. I think the there has to be a mindfulness around um, what's useful and, and what's not useful. Um, luxury brands at the moment are obviously going to struggle quite a bit. And we ha- we work with a number of um, global uh, luxury brands. Um, we're finding that in Japan, uh, a lot of the high-end businesses that we, we work with are um, trying to find new strategies and new markets uh, so as Australia opens up right now, uh, we're, we're utilizing the fact that uh, people can now start to go out there and engage with brands uh, as the country begins to open with some of our Japanese retailers. Um, I, think there, I think we should always be considerate to who we're engaging with in a, in a business way, just as standard. For me, it's, it's about understanding um if there is a need and if and and this this would you know this is regardless of the lockdown making sure that you're delivering something that is going to bring value and usefulness to whoever is going to um going to be the the uh, client or the customer yes that's uh, that's good advice and also i think um being aware that two months doesn't seem like such a long time in a, in a business, but it can be, can be a, a problem with the, the financial side of things. But in this country, a lot of people have been furloughed. So um, the government are putting a fair bit of, uh, of input into trying to keep everything going so that when we come out the other side, the businesses are still existing. It's, it's, a, it's a big challenge that we all face right now. And uh, I think, unfortunately, some of the government policy, I think, because we, we obviously have been looking globally at, at how different uh, governments are handling this situation. Um, you know, for instance, the extremely 
confused messaging coming out of um, the American political system at the moment is uh, quite frankly ridiculous. Um, when you've got a, a president encouraging people to uh, go out in groups and uh, fight their their local administrators um, on a policy that he's uh, projecting, it's um, ex- extremely um, ludicrous when you you put it into um, a, a, into perspective. Speaking to my business partner in Kyoto yesterday, and I was talking about talking to him about how we have this this incredibly morbid um, thing in Europe of having daily uh, death counters for each country. Um, and uh, the BBC in particular seems to, you know, every day you see this death counter of what's happening in Italy and the UK. And you think, I'm not sure this is useful um, to people's mental health. And I was describing this to, to my business partner and he he was said he was just very confused by the whole thing because those numbers were, you know, when we're quoting deaths are more than the numbers that they're having daily people infected. So not people, you know, passing, but people just being infected. So I do feel that, you know, the, the herd approach that the UK government took and how they've not really locked down businesses, um, uh, and people don't seem to be adhering to the rules. Um, I hear all the time from businesses that they know of others that are just operating as normal. Uh, and they're going out and, and doing things face to face and they don't seem to have stopped. So I do think that we have a, a lot of challenges in, in the UK in particular that other countries aren't facing, which is down to um, a lackluster leadership. Um, there's been some positive things. But again, the the articulation of those things um, isn't always as simple as they appear. Uh, as an example, the the current grant scheme, there are so many businesses that fall through the, the gaps. And we've not even started to really approach the creative industries as well. Uh, when we look at uh, artists and, and things like that, that seems to have gone in completely by the wayside. And we still need the creative industries. Um, the support for entrepreneurs um, and and business, you know, even our business, we 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 don't get any of that support. We just fall through the cracks. So um, they seem to be saying lots of uh, good things in the media, but when you actually look at how things are being delivered, they seem to be missing so much. Yes, I'm part of, um, well, I belong to the Dales Businesswoman Network here up in the Dales and uh, a lot of the smaller businesses, a, a lot of people who are um, just on, the, on their own, basically, or very small numbers of employees are finding that, like you were saying, that they do, that they are slipping through the cracks as far as uh, financial support's given. So they're having to... I suppose think outside of the box a bit themselves as to how are they going to deal with this. What is it like in Sheffield then, where you are? So the the local authority here um, hasn't been as communicative as I think the business community would like. Um, 
we have seen some really uh, really thoughtful and forward-thinking um, local councils. Middlesbrough were one of the first to really come out and, and kind of try and help people. We, we saw that in uh, a few other local councils as well that just seem to be really forward-thinking um, and, and jumping on this. Again, I think it's about local leadership. Um, it, it, you know, if you don't have that, that real um, consistent voice from local councils that they're really going to support local businesses, then it can be a, a huge problem. And we just, I think, I think in Sheffield, we, uh, we do have a, a lack of that. Um, Kyoto, uh, where our, our offices are based in Japan, um, it's been a lot more um, consistent, um, a lot more positive. Um, so we, yeah, I, th- I think, I think particularly in, in Sheffield, I think businesses here have been hurt pretty bad, um, like in many other places. And uh, what we're hearing from the business community here is is just again what we we feel in in local government, which is just as a, uh, a lack of leadership. Yes, I guess also if the information that is coming out is conflicting, which in some cases it can be, it's probably quite difficult from the leader's point of view. Um, I, I just know that there have been several things which I won't go into here that have been supported by the local council, but then not supported by other um, smaller sectors. And it can just be, I, I know some people have, have found it quite dispiriting. The farming, the farming community are pretty much at present um, acting business as usual because they're all, out in the fields, lambing and everything like this. My last episode was an interview with a vet. Some people mm. are having to actually, are still, have it, are still engaging and still doing what they would usually do at this time of year. But um, for those people, and there are a lot of people who are living on their own, and the, the problem with all of that is the advice that you're not, that you have to stay if, even if you're not particularly high risk, that you have to stay and socially distance yourself and not leave your home. There is a different, um, there is a different attitude. One of my sons lives in Tasmania and the situation that they have there, because mental health at this, at this point in time is such a, is such a problem for some people. Even those, those of us who I personally would think I would say I'm fairly upbeat really, but it, this can all have an effect from what you were saying, listening to the statistics on daily. It's something I've stopped doing because it can drag you down. Um, in Tasmania, the um, situation there is that if you live on your own, they're very aware of the mental health issues. You're allowed to actually buddy up with one other person who also lives on their own and you're allowed to socialize with them so long as the two of you just go between each other's homes and that to me seemed I thought that was such a good idea um, a pity that um, that's not something that we can engage in I think I think there's a there's a lack of attention in 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 uh, our media and the approach of this around the men- mental health question 
Um, obviously, as an organization, we're particularly sensitive to this as we have a psychologist um, that works with uh, our teams uh, on group dynamics and individually, whatever they need outside the business. And the idea is that as an employer, uh, we take very seriously the, 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 you know, the, the fact that we should be looking after our people. And um, I, so he's, he's released quite a few things recently that have been incredibly useful um, uh, for, for people. Uh, so he's been doing uh, some videos to how to manage anxiety, how to keep yourself operating in a way that uh, is useful so you can function. And I think that we're, we're forgetting a, a lot of this because once you get into the habit of uh, getting up in the morning, getting up late, feeling a bit groggy, maybe eating something, if you feel like it, that's maybe slightly unhealthy because you need that endorphin kick as soon as you get up. And then you don't have a shower because maybe you don't need to yet. You don't change. You just go straight into your work. And then you find yourself falling into quite a disruptive pattern that's really unhealthy. So one of the things that we've done with, with our team, and we did this you know, months ago, we were doing this planning uh, because you know, we just we were we were very um, fortunate to to have forecasted what we thought might happen here. Um, we said, you know, you're going to get up as early as you can. Uh, at Mantra, we have eight a.m. starts uh, within the business, so so we're you, we're at the office very early, uh, we, and we kept everything as normal. You know, so when we're on um, a video call, everyone's still smart. Most people are in suits or or uh, or jumper and jackets, and we, we're getting our, all our people to operate in a way so that the focus is still on production, the work, keeping people busy, and then making sure we make some time for the mindful bit as well. So um, encouraging people to when they have their, their walk outside, um, that they really make the most of it. You know, they go somewhere on their own and they make sure that, or if it's with a, with a friend that it's, you know, sensibly at, at a, a distance, um, and that they're really making the most of that. Uh, personally, I've, I've been walking a, a few miles every day. Um, and every morning I've, I've been training. And, and that's so, so vital uh, to managing mental health, I think. Um, you know, getting up early, making sure you're eating healthily, uh, making sure you're doing a morning workout to prepare you for the day. Um, all these little things that you can do for a routine will help your mental health. Um, a little bit of meditation, it always makes, always helps, and, and some focus on breathing exercises. Um, I think, unfortunately, I think, again, it's, there's a lack of that and um, a lack of understanding that some people, so we've already noticed that some people have, have taken to this a lot easier than others. So some people are, are particularly introverted who uh, love their own space, love, the, love to you know, uh, engage with their own thoughts will find that they're rather akin to this and you know um they can find that they keep themselves busy with 
uh, a lot of reading or games or whatever else they enjoy. Whereas there are other people who are at the, the other end of the scale who very much struggle with this kind of activity or this kind of place that we're in and um, will crave human engagement and will find that emotionally they will yo-yo quite a bit. And it's, um, and I do feel that the media, the news um, and uh, our broadcasters could be doing a lot more uh, to support those those challenges, the, I think the media have been great with um, showing solidarity to support those on the front line. Um, but I think more needs to be done on the issue of mental health. Definitely, because um, I know that uh, sticking to a routine. If personally, I, I was uh, I was rocked at one point because I'd kept very. I was really probably exercising more than I would normally exercise and sticking to a good routine initially the first few weeks. But then something happened that um, someone was delivering something to me and I had to be, when I would normally walk, I had to be here to receive. And so I didn't walk that day. Then the following day, it was easier not to. And I've had, I had about a week and a half when I didn't do my long, longer walk and it does affect the way you feel. I, I've got back into it now. Um, I also do wild swimming and I hadn't been doing that either. So it's difficult to to actually engage with some of the things that you would normally do. But um, it's definitely worth the the routine. It makes a big difference. And I think I'm, I'm connecting with uh, with people on a on a different level, I find making sure that the local community, you are actually engaging and talking and telephoning people who are not on the internet. We're an, uh, an aging population here in the Dales. Some people are not technical and it has to be a landline call, but um, it, it seems to be working. It seems to be working. Community spirit in the Dales certainly is very good at present. And I think that's a, that's a, there's there's two points there that you make that are really really important, which is not to not to be harsh to oneself and not self judge when we do fall off our our routines and don't do the perhaps don't behave in the way that we expect of ourselves. So always it's always better to be kind. Um, the way I, I I describe it sometimes is you should always treat yourself like you're somebody that you're in the care of. So um, the way that you would uh, look after a, a child or you would look after somebody you deeply cared for, that's the way you should look after yourself. Um, and uh, we're always very good. Say if we have, um, if we have a, a dog or a cat or something like that, we're always very good. If they need medicine, we'll make sure that every day they have it at the right time in the right way. And they'll always get what they need. But when it comes to ourselves, we we uh, we do falter a little bit when it comes to that. So I'm always very mindful that we're and in sharing that we should always look after uh, ourselves like we're looking after somebody else that we care for. And I think the community spirit is so vital. Um, we've seen a lot of positivity uh, for that. And when I've been going on walks and things, and, and obviously you do that kind of avoiding, you know, making sure you're not too close to anybody, 
you do say i have seen people in in quite good spirits um wanting to speak from afar um the there does seem to be uh, some great community connectivity um i there was um a street party in uh was it manchester um and they'd followed all the uh rules uh about being distant but i think it was that all the families were in their own front yards and they had this this street party with all the families sticking to their own uh front gardens and uh and the police were called but then the police realized that actually they were sticking to the rules they were just sticking to their own front gardens, <laughs> which sounds wonderful. Um, so I, I do, I do see a lot of community activism, which is wonderful to see. Um, and long may that live on and, and increase. Yes. Yeah, so we have on a Thursday, it seems to be continuing now every Thursday evening at 8 PM becoming quite a routine that we're outside. I mean, I'm out in the sticks here. I'm in a small village with no, um, no shops, no pubs, nothing, really. no businesses. Well, businesses, yes, there's me, but, uh, there, you know, nobody, no actual, um, commercial businesses here. And yet everyone, we're, we're out. I'm next door to a farm. So, yes, that's a business too, which I shouldn't uh, neglect to think about. But um, I'm, I'm actually seeing people at a distance, probably more so than I usually would do. And my goodness, are we making a racket with our pans and our spoons mm. and um, hooters and all sorts of things. So in just a small village, it's... Um, it's it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling once a week. And people, some people are also doing online quizzes. We've got a Sunday online quiz being set up by various neighbours and uh, doing that as best we can. Some of us can't, some of the older population having to do it over the telephone and some of the more interactive quizzes have not been possible for them. But it's been a lot of fun. I've heard um, a, a, a few of our colleagues have talked about um, quizzes and things like that. And I spoke to a, a client yesterday who was talking about um, kind of a pub meetup uh, with with friends all, all over Zoom or um, Skype or whatnot, uh, which is, you know, it, it's uh, you do what you can. I know my um, my business partner in Japan, Master, has been uh, having a few of those um, online drinking sessions uh, with colleagues, uh, which is, which is quite nice. Um, I think one of the things that we, uh, one of the things that's definitely been in the front of my mind about this whole thing is when we exit out of this, obviously we're going to be seeing our families again. We're going to be seeing our friends again. And it's it's how that is organized which is the bit that uh i think really needs to be solidified because if we think okay it's been so many weeks now um or a couple of months depending on when when you started the lockdown um since we've seen certain people now if we've had no symptoms for say six weeks could I then see somebody else who's had no symptoms for six weeks? Um, 
I know people who've not seen parents, grandparents, children, etc., for six to eight weeks now. And they're desperate to see them. And some of them have had no symptoms. So it's, it's thinking, well, okay, I'm not engaging with anybody else. That person's not engaging with anybody else. We've both not had symptoms for weeks. When is the point that we can, and, and it's saying, well, does it make sense that you can see them now? Because if you see them in two weeks, it's, it's understanding that difference that that's going to make. So I do think, again, I don't think it's been thought through in the right way. I do understand that they've had to go stricter on certain ways so that people understand the severity of the situation and they, and they aim higher. So they try to get people to um, socially operate in a way that's closer to, to the outcomes that they want. But again, I do feel that, um, but then again, that's almost, again, coming to that part of being treated a little bit like children by the government. Um, I, I do wonder how they're going to, um, how they're going to articulate that and what the process will be. Yes, I'm, I'm one of the grandparents who, um, I haven't seen my grandchildren now. Oh, since the middle of February, so it's quite some time. We obviously um, call and um, see video call each other, but not enough from my point of view. I'd much rather be going and visiting, but then mm. we're all being as responsible as, as we can be. But I understand what you're saying there. It's a case of, well, when can we and how will, how will it work? Because... <sighs> Even, even some of the deliveries, people are receiving deliveries and there's a lot of um, concern over... I mean, I've, I've spoken to some people who are literally disinfecting almost everything that comes into their homes, including letters and tins and shopping and what have you, and whether that is absolutely strictly necessary, I'm not sure. Um, then actually being able to to meet up with people even at a social distance you feel sometimes that you're being a little irresponsible but when you go out walking you're going to see you you will pass someone at a social distance is it so wrong to do that with a friend I don't know it's um it's difficult to understand just exactly we're trying to obey all of the rules and restrictions as much as possible but it's difficult to understand where we go from here yeah, very much so, very much so. And again, so a little bit more detail from the government would would be great. Um, but you know, we uh, the the royal we 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 uh, voted for these administrators. So um, I don't know. But but uh, it's been interesting to hear from Keir Starmer as well. Uh, I I actually really uh really appreciate the approach of the the opposition about not trying to um use this for political scoring i think that's a really important part um or approach um and uh obviously something that we're, we're not seeing in in america right now where um they had to uh well, they had to stop a lot of broadcasts from from the actual government because they were using um, 
broadcast time around this as political uh, grandstanding rather than actual public information, which was uh, really interesting to see. Yes, I think the handling of all of that, it will be, um, I just hope that, re, you know, removing lockdown in the places that they have done is not going to have really dire consequences, but their numbers are so high anyway. Um, I can't see it being a positive step forward in the slightest. And I think putting business over life is not the way to go. Yeah, a hundred percent. And there was uh, there was news um, yesterday about the um, Las Vegas casinos and down the Las Vegas Strip, um, all the con- well, nearly all of the con- uh, casinos are being used to house and feed homeless people. So they've they've organised it in a particular way that um, homeless people can go there and they can eat and they can get some respite, which I thought was an absolute wonderful thing to do. You know, absolutely fantastic. It's great that those businesses have decided to, you know, as they can't operate, they're actually giving back and they're trying to support those most at risk. Um, Funnily enough, there's a a particular branch of casinos, on that strip owned by uh, <laughs> a particular US president that we that we currently have um, who has decided not to do that. So I, I think you can usually see how how a government is going to operate uh, with with who who the leadership are and what their priorities are. Um, and uh, unfortunately it does appear that um, that certain people do seem to be prioritizing commerce over life, uh, which unfortunately, you know, throughout history, there's been lots of people who've done that. Um, and uh, it's, it's not something that uh, I can particularly understand because uh, it doesn't meet my values, but um, there are people like that out there, unfortunately. I think media or, or, um, organizations just need to realize that people will engage uh with positivity um we we often get especially in the the british news press um that or the established british news press there's lots of things about shock and horror and uh just negative headlines and a lot of and there it is true that um where there is so we we had did a study a while ago and we found that uh, where there is lack or where there are areas of dire needs people have a greater propensity to purchase so if you put people in more of a negative mindset or a feeling of um uh need they have will have a greater propensity to buy than if they feel happy and fulfilled um, so we can see that the, the motives here um, in a lot of broadcasters, they want you to consume more and more of their data, of, of, of more of their, um, of, you know, their stories uh, by making you feel worried or doubtful or scared or anxious. Um, and we just think that's the wrong approach. I mean, you can, people will engage with positive stories. 
um, it may not um, it may not make them scared and then cause them to to be avid purchasers. But again, we have to think about the the bigger impact here, and I, and I think news broadcasters need to start thinking ethically about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, I think unfortunately a lot of uh, broadcast organizations are motivated by the profit purpose. Um, and when you're operating in a model of people, sorry, of, of profit before people, then it, it will inevitably cause harm. Um, and I think unfortunately that's how our broadcasters seem to operate um, uh, in a big way because they just want to keep pushing that, that consumption. I think we were so um, overwhelmed with all of the Brexit news at the beginning of the year that took over, took over everything. And I know a lot of people I spoke to had actually stopped watching it because they were so sick of it. And um, we've gone straight, we've, we've flopped straight from that into the, the current situation. And I think you, they'll probably find that their viewing numbers are going... I would imagine, I just know people that I've spoken to, um, viewing numbers must surely be going down because of it. I think it, you'd like to think so in that people are concentrating on things that are more productive and positive for, the, for their own internal psychology. Um, but I think people who are, who are struggling or um, are, are in the wrong place will unfortunately be focusing um, on those things on that 24 hour news cycle. Mm. And, uh, and that's where I think the news cycle itself has a, a duty of care. Yes. Again, it's that there, there are, you know, there are a positive things coming out as well. And, and uh, if we can get as more people to just concentrate on the really lovely community coming together um, aspects of this, then we can, you know, we can ride this wave collectively um, in a more um, collaborative and caring way. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And I know that that is, um, that's, that is your message generally anyway, the ethical and value-driven side of things that you do with the business. So is there anything that you'd like to finish on with that, Johnny, something a bit upbeat for us? Well, uh, the, there is, I mean, we've noticed a lot of positivity uh, in our business in particular. Um, the, the team have, have been really, really positive. Um, Actually, I think it's it's important for me to just send out a thank you to all our um, all of our colleagues, our partners, our supporters um, across the globe. Uh, because from a business perspective, um, we've rided this um, we've been riding this wave, um, and it's felt a lot easier, uh, I think, because of the support and the care and the love that we've received from everyone. Uh, particularly our board as well, who've been incredible throughout this period. So a huge thank you to everybody who works with us and, and that supported us to to keep pushing that positivity in the world. Yes, thank you, Johnny. That's um, that's excellent. And if anyone wants to actually get in touch with you, how would they do so? 
so they can go to our, our website, uh, which is www.mantrahq.com, or they can find us on uh, all good social media channels. Yes, that's that's good. Thank you very much for agreeing to this. There's a lot of var- very valuable advice that you've given there. And um, hopefully, well, not hopefully, soon this will all pass and we'll be at the other side. So thank you very much, Johnny. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. Okay, this is Susan signing out now from inside Yorkshire. Thank you.